Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids like yours, and all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. Managing your diabetes just got easier. The powerful new Dexcom G7 lets you see your glucose numbers on your compatible watch and phone without finger sticks. And because Dexcom G7 is the most accurate CGM system, you can be confident in your food, exercise, and medication decisions. And all those decisions can lead to big results, like more time in range and lower A1C. Get started at Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com compatibility. This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. Sharp Money presented by DraftKings, VSIN, the sports betting network. Amal Shaw, I'm Dust. Ooh, you hear that, fellas? I was about to say the big guy, Dustin Sweetelson. <laughs> I just I brought got his name now. Yeah, no. He, well, listen, let's bring in our, our partner here, Mike Samich, of course, host of The Handle Saturdays and Sundays. Big news for The Handle coming up during the postseason as there's going to be a little bit of a schedule change, which we'll get into the particulars in a second. But as Amal said, he's probably feeling better. And he is the big guy. Dustin Sweetelson, tremendous producer of this program. But really what fuels Dustin? And he's watching right now because he's a psychopath and he's waiting for this part of the show him being mentioned. So like when he gets down or he's not feeling great, what he does is he goes straight to VEASAN's YouTube page, which you should as well. And he just watches clips of himself. And then again, big guy, hope you feel better, but this is helping you feel better with the attention. I said to Samich during the break, I was like, did you get a, a haircut? And he said, yeah, I got a little bit of a fade. And that reminded me of the big guy as well, Samich, because you do realize that he has no hair, but he pays, what was it, Amal, like a 90 bucks a pop to get his head shaved. I, I don't know. It's so disgusting. I mean, it was a minimum of 80. I mean, dude, it's about a 10-second cut. I, I don't even understand. <laughs> it, it just disturbed me, and I'm not even the one paying for it. And I, I love, I love, nobody knows, uh, everybody knows I love the big guy, but Samich, I mean, you got a full, you got a whole full head of lettuce. Like you go get a fade. I don't know what it costs you, but the big guy dropping 90 bucks, uh, it's, it's completely unacceptable. I mean, just, I'll be on brand here. I spend $22 on a haircut. I go to supercuts. That's I'm like, I'm a supercut straight clips, the torque clips kind of guy. I don't, I don't need to spend $60, $80 on a haircut. No, you're just shaving some hair off. It'll grow back in a couple weeks. Anyway, no worries about that. Let me just reiterate one thing. Mike just said, Mike gets four haircuts and the cost of one for Dustin. He is such an odd human because his whole thing is he just rips himself apart with self-deprecating humor. But on the side, he's a super bougie, conceited human being. <laughs> like, first off, you can see, I, I encourage the two of you to take shots at him right now because you have to understand shots are attention. So it doesn't matter if you're saying good things or bad things about him. He just wants to be talked about. Well, that's fair, but he knows. Haven't I've had this conversation about the haircuts? I said, Dustin, come on, man. I said, on principle alone, you can't do it. And by the way, when Mike mentioned the 22, I mean, think about that. Mike's next. It, we're going to be into March by the time Mike uh, gets to a $90 haircut bill. Yeah, he's frugal, I went once. and he should be. I went, I went once to like one of the little barber shops around here, and it was $60. And I walked out, and I'm like, I look exactly the same. <laughs> it, really, no difference here. There's absolutely no reason why I need to go spend this money. And guess what? And a week later, my hair grew back just like it did from everywhere else. And all of a sudden, I had to go get a haircut again. Like It doesn't help any that you're spending more money on your hair. It's just going to come back anyway. Now, I'm, I'm fortunate. 
one of those guys where it comes back quickly. So I don't have to worry about it as much as some other people. But yeah, haircuts. One of the things that I will never understand why people spend a ton of money on. Just one more comment about the big guy. Like he is that friend that non sequitur wise, he's going to let you know he won a bet the night before. You you guys understand what I'm saying. I'll give you an example. Um, Like I'll put it this way. Hey, what are you up to? Not much. I was just talking to my mom. Oh, yeah. Your mom lives in Michigan, right? Yes. You know, Michigan's close to Canada. Last night, RJ Barrett, I went over points, rebounds, and assists, and it cleared. I'm like, dude, we were talking about my mom, and you brought RJ Barrett into the, like, he's just looking to connect dots in the conversation to bring up his winning bet, Samich. I'm sure you know this. Hey, man, I'll say this. Look. When you're 14 and six and your last 20 plays over on the VEASAN leaderboard, you can spend 80 bucks on a haircut. You got that extra money rolling in. By by the way, speaking of winning bets, can I just talk about my play real quick from last night? Uh, I took UCLA plus eight with 19 minutes to go in the second half. They were covering eight points from that point forward. They got outscored 57 to 19. Okay. I'll one up you then hold my beer. (laughs) I thought the Knicks were in an impossibly good spot last night. They never led at Dallas with no Donkic, no live. Like, they literally were never in the game. And then I thought, look, the Celtics are the best team in basketball. The Bucs are a disaster defensively. I said, look, if you're catching points with the Celtics, it's almost a principal play at this point. They were only missing Horford last night. I think they were down 50 at halftime. 50. Okay, Samich? So it's, again... I don't encourage this would not be a good VEASAN employee to stay away from sides and totals in the NBA, but I would encourage you to start hunting some props, Mike. Yeah, I, I went drinking with my wife last night. That was my gambling experience. It turned out good. She didn't get too drunk. We had a good time. So that was that was fun. Congratulations. Uh, thank you. Yeah. Look, the betting NBA is it is not for the weak of heart. We'll put it that way. I mean, you, you've really got to be able to take some some roller coaster rides there. Sometimes you lose players right before the game. You've got these just ridiculous runs that teams go on. You got games decided by 62 points. Uh, it, the NBA is one of those for me where it lives in the baseball lane. I'll bet it every now and then, but it's not going to be a lot of money when I do. And it'll only be in the spots where I think I have a big edge. I know we're going to get back to NFL, but I want to follow up on what Mike said there. For me, Patrick, it's very situational. I, like, I will look at Boston in their next game. They got embarrassed in this game by the Milwaukee Bucks. They were trailing by 40, 50 points at one point in this matchup. And so I want a team now that's very good to bounce back, play better defensively. By the way, I don't know if you guys are aware last night during the broadcast on TNT, they went away from this game. They couldn't go to OKC Portland because they lost by 62. And then they had to go to a Mavericks game against the Knicks that had about a 20 point differential. That was the closest game on the board. Yeah, it it was it was a complete disaster. Um, Super wild card. We're going to run the board. Samich, a couple of things. One, the handle Saturday and Sunday with you and Matt Brown, 7 to 10 Eastern time. But we're going to be moving around a little bit. You guys are killing it so much on the weekends that we've got to adjust the programming as the playoffs progress. Let them know what's up. Yeah, it's going to be it's going to be fun. So we are going to have the normal time this week, 7 to 10 Eastern, both Saturday and Sunday. Uh, then moving forward for the playoffs, we'll have our normal time on Saturday from 7 to 10 Eastern. Uh, but then you can catch us the following morning. So we right after Lombardi line, right over right before Musburger's Burgers countdown to kickoff uh, for two hours in the morning there. And that's going to be, uh, I believe it's 9 to 11 a.m. Pacific. Uh, so at noon to 2 Eastern there, leading right into uh, Musburger's Countdown to kickoff and right into the, the afternoon game. So we'll be able to talk about those Sunday games with the current lines and the current plays that we're going to have in each of them, uh, both the uh, conference championship week as well as the week prior to it. Patrick, Beautiful. I got a question Go for Mike. I, I know we're going to get into the game breakdowns, but Mike, all credit to you on Jordan Love, but I have to also give Patrick accuracy on one thing and credit. Darts, like, darts, <laughs> darts, darts, darts. He's not wrong. He said, he goes, you're not breaking down Utah State tape. What was it about Jordan Love that you saw before the season? Because uh, first of all, I don't know anybody outside of his family and Packer fans that watched enough of Jordan Love to make an assessment on him, good or bad. I thought he was good in the one regular season game that we saw from him Um, and and that that combined with and this is the key to me is Patrick just says throwing darts. Look, 
The key here is that the Packers signed him to a contract before he started a game for them. And the fact they wanted to move on from Rodgers two years ago, the, the, and the organization clearly, clearly thought very highly of him. It's an organization that's had a lot of success with quarterbacks. For me, when an organization is willing to commit that type of resources and money to a quarterback before they've had a start, it tells you that that quarterback is probably going to be better than average. Did I think he'd be this good this fast? No, I, I will. I'll be upfront about that. I projected him as the, the 14th or 15th best starter in the NFL this year at the start of the season. He's out there with a the top 10 stats pretty much across the board. And if you go back to just the last eight games, he, you could make an argument. He's one of the five best quarterbacks in the NFL. He's got an 18 to one touchdown interception ratio over that time. The, the Packers are six and two, and he's doing it without all of his weapons. I mean, that to me is one of the, the key parts here. We haven't really seen Christian Watson completely healthy on the field with Aaron Jones at any point this season. So it, it's one of those spots where he has just done a lot with a little here. And this is a very young football team as well. All top four receivers, very young. you got a young tight end in there. Uh, this could be fun for a while for Packers fans. It's just the gift that keeps on giving the quarterback position up in Green Bay. Patrick, he's a big fan of uh, Matt, Matt Flynn and uh, Scott Mitchell. I, <laughs> I think I think you could argue. First off, I like having fun with Samich, but he was 100% right. Uh, not only is Jordan Love going to be good, he's special. I, I think you could argue he's been, over the last six, seven weeks, the best quarterback in football. He's throwing to Watson, Reed, Dobbs, and two rookie tight ends. His best wide receiver is 42nd in the NFL in receiving yards. Uh, off balance, off schedule, he does everything great. Uh, through not weeks 9 through 18, he's got the best, as far as quarterbacks, touchdown to pick ratio. And he's doing it with a team that's the youngest in 45 years to make the postseason. Like he's special, Mike. I I know I joke with you, and I don't know why I kept on saying Nevada. It's you. Good job, Amal. It's Utah State. Maybe same colors, but uh, he is he is special. So I give you props. Uh, the, the the arm talent is undeniable, but it, like you said, what he has been able to do off schedule, I thought was a really impressive the last couple of weeks as well. Just being able to move around in the pocket and then come up with some of these throws on third and long, and they're just really, really good throws and just shows off the arm strength and his ability to put the ball somewhere. Only his receiver can catch it. I, look, this isn't a rookie season for him, but in a lot of ways, it's his first real year playing in the NFL. Any quarterback going 18 and one over the last eight games, touchdown interception ratio is phenomenal. But to do that in your first season of actually starting just shows how much he's developed in a single year. And just a peek ahead, Samich might like the Packers at Goulet's Cowboys coming up this weekend, which we'll get into. I'm not saying Dustin stretches to talk about his bets, but the other day we we talked and I said, oh, yeah, a friend of mine, his parents, his dad passed away in Michigan. And, and Dustin goes, that's sad. I'm sorry. He goes, speaking of dead, I thought my prop on Randall's assists were dead last night, but he actually cashed in the last minute of the game. I'm just saying he likes to talk about his bets and he texted us. $80 plus tip for his haircut. So he's watching right now. Hello, Dustin. Get some sleep, okay? It's not about you. The show's, well, you think it's about you. The show's about Mike Somich. And we're going to come back with him next here on Sharp Money. Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media, but now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Before I found Zigazoo, I believed all social media was inappropriate for kids, but I feel great about my kids being on Zigazoo. Videos are moderated by actual people before being added to the feed. Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about mean comments on your kids' videos. And you need parental consent before joining Zigazoo. Bottom line, it's a space that prioritizes data safety for kids. Oh, but don't take my word for it. Zigazoo is KidSafe COPPA certified. So weigh everything Zigazoo has to offer. Maybe you'll zigzag too. Zigazoo, a social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying, Cal's a bust. He can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? That my first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. 
ladies and gentlemen, DeMarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be That's my, my dance, <laughs> There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. Look, I like to clown, but I got to give the boys props. Dustin, Samich, Amal, they've all been killing it with the bets over at vcin.com slash subscribe. So you want those bets? You got to sign up. Nine, here's what we'll do. $9.99, 30 days. You get the bets. You get the guides for the upcoming wildcard weekend. You get the splits, which people are obsessed with. You get everything we offer. And then after a month, if you don't like it, just say no. It's that simple. vcin.com slash subscribe. Okay, Amal Shaw. I'm Patrick Maher, of course. Mike Samich, host of The Handle. Uh, Vsin, of course, joins us. We're presented by DraftKings. Um, we, a couple of things before we get to, and I see you have not just, you've got three sides and three props. So we'll run the board coming up in just a bit, Mike. Uh, did you want to react? Kalen DeBoer, Bama. Uh, this week's been wild. Pete Carroll, you're a big Seattle Seahawks guy. He all of a sudden, he's going to the front office, which means they said, we're going to fire you. So do you want to agree that you're wink, wink, getting um, promoted to the front office? Uh, Nick Saban came out of nowhere. And then Bill Belichick, obviously, with Gerard Mayo taking over in New England. Your reaction? You left out Arthur Smith there, too. I mean, that's the one I'm most excited about. Art had to go, bro. (laughs) I'm going to tell you something. I know you guys think I'm crazy. The decision to play Ritter, not just play Ritter, but to stand on it and the pick that Ritter threw at Carolina to lose that football game. He could never recover from it. I digress. I lost a lot of money. Go ahead. Yeah, it's like paying $80 for a haircut when you don't have any hair. It's just crazy. <laughs> like, what are you doing? Uh, look, I, this has been a wild week in the coaching carousel. To me, that the saving one caught me off guard. I didn't expect him to step down. I think the DeBoer hire is a very good one for them there. You saw what he was able to do up in Washington. And I, I think Saban was really a genius for stepping down at this time. What he's been able to do at Alabama with recruiting, really, and being able to get all of these four and five star guys to be able to back up each other and then stay for four years just isn't the way college football is anymore. And so he had to know, look, I'm going to have to really adjust myself and reinvent myself to be able to keep Alabama at the top. Maybe it's time to kind of take a step back and step down. I hearing rumors already there's ESPN in his life. Uh, so we'll see what happens there uh, from an NFL perspective. The coaching carousel is absolutely wild to me that the, the Pete Carroll one specifically was very surprising. Uh, we, there was an interview that came out on ESPN today. He was talking to a local radio station and he made it very much sound like he wanted to continue to coach and that he would be up for taking a coaching position in the future. So we'll see what happens with Pete Carroll there. That job specifically becomes really intriguing from my perspective. I mean, you've got the Los Angeles Chargers job where you've got Justin Herbert, a top five, top 10 NFL quarterback. Those jobs don't usually come open. The only one I can think of in any recent memory is Jacksonville and having Trevor Lawrence come open. The other job, Seattle, when you look at how young that defense is, how good you are at cornerback, you've got pass rushers at a young age. You've got two young offensive linemen who are very good. You've got a good running back. You've got three receivers that are solid. Really, it's just fixing that quarterback position in Seattle. So those two, to me, are the really, really interesting jobs. I think the Falcons job is interesting as well, depending on what you do with the quarterback position. And I think what the Bears did is not getting enough attention. Keeping Eberflus, to me, tells me they're going to keep Justin Fields. When you fire your entire offensive staff but keep the head coach, and you have DJ Moore coming out and saying, hey, I want Justin Fields here. It feels like Justin Fields did enough to keep that job in Chicago, which means the number one picks available. 
And when you look at some of these, these organizations that have had coach openings, they're the same ones who have the draft capital to be able to go get that number one pick. I mean, you look at Seattle as crazy as it sounds, they've got Denver's number ones. They've got their own number ones and they're never going to be in that top five segment. So they would be a great team to be able to go after that number one pick. I'll be interested to see how fast they fill these coaching voids just so that they can then decide, all right, what do we want to do? What do we want to pay for certain positions and how are we going to revamp this team? But going to be a really, really exciting offseason in the NFL. And that's without even talking about Brable, who I was shocked was fired by Tennessee. They have oh, zero stop it. Get someone better. Oh, no. Don't, don't be sanctimonious about Mike Vrabel. Mike Vrabel hadn't won hire? a game in two years. Okay. His team stunk for the last two years too. And that was not his fault. That was a roster management issue. Getting rid of AJ Brown, trusting the Tannehill slash Levis slash whoever is going to be your quarterback. That was roster management issues more than anything else in Tennessee, which was not on him. He's a very good head coach. He should be getting a job sometime this summer as well, but it's going to be fun. I mean, this is the beauty of the NFL. It's why it's a, you know, 24, seven, 365 sport. You always have something to talk about. Mike, what would you? Okay, so all things considered equal, if you're Washington and you had a choice between Ben Johnson and Mike McDonald, the defensive coordinator with Baltimore, all things considered equal, who are you hiring? Ben Johnson. I'll always take the offensive guy over the. You're going to marry the offensive mind with the quarterback, so you don't lose the offensive scheme every single year when a hot coordinator has to leave you. Correct. Correct. That's the big problem in Detroit with Dan Campbell. Ben Johnson gets hired you away. Think? Let's, see, let's say he finds another genius young OC. Guess what? They're gone. Like you, yeah, you of course, every time. <laughs> and that's what I'm saying about Vrabel. Vrabel. It can be true that he's a great coach, but he just, it's not a good fit for not just the Titans, but now the Patriots apparently, because every time Vrabel started getting an offense going, he'd lose LaFleur. He'd lose Arthur Smith. And the last two years, he's had a hard time locking down a coordinator. Yes. The talent's not great, but who is that Vrabel guy? I see every year in Indianapolis at the combine. We're pretending like he doesn't have say in personnel. That's fair. That's an excellent point on the defense versus offensive side. I mean, maybe getting rid of Arthur Smith was a positive, not a negative, but we don't need to go too far into that. I'll just tell you this, man. When you look at his ATS record and you look at how he's able to motivate that team in season, true. there's not a lot of head coaches who do a better job in, in that perspective of it. Now, maybe he's not great in some other areas, and I agree with you. Like, If I'm hiring a head coach, I want an offensive guy every, every day, all day, twice on Sunday because I don't want to consistently have to be looking for a head coach, which is what happens or looking for an offensive coordinator, which is what happens if you get a good one and you don't have an offensive minded head coach. Mike, two quick questions for you. Do you believe the bears stay with fields or they draft a quarterback? And then do you think Harbaugh's at Michigan or he's coaching and where? I believe that they stay with fields and it's a massive mistake. I, I think that they should 100% be trading Justin Fields. His value as as high as it's ever been and ever going to be in this situation. You can get one, maybe two number ones for Justin Fields right now. And you also reset the rookie counter clock if you go in and get Caleb Williams. And when I look at this, the, the question is simple to me. Can you win a Super Bowl with Justin Fields? The answer is no. So why, why are we wasting our time here? Let's let's move along. This guy was bottom of the league in passing the last two years. He was bottom of the league passing through six weeks this year. All of a sudden, he ran the football better. The defense was a little better. That's why they won games. It wasn't because he was just dynamic from a passing perspective. You have to be that in this league. So yeah, for me, I'm, I'm moving on from Justin Fields, but I have a feeling they're going to keep him and trade the pick. And I've been saying for the whole year, this is Harbaugh's last season at Michigan. He's going to go leave for the NFL. The writing was on the wall just with everything that's been going on there. But then on top of it, winning to me tells me that he's going to take off and leave Michigan. And, and I wouldn't be shocked if he's out there in Los Angeles next, this time next year. Well, that's the favorite Jim Harbaugh next team odds plus 150. The Chargers over at DraftKings. I uh, Amal, you can answer your own question. I, Mike, I agree that it's a little dubious they kept Eberflus. I think he saved his job. His team played great down the stretch, and his defense was awesome. I don't think it has anything to do with Fields. Fields is gone. They're going to trade Fields. It's the it's it's the prudent thing to do. They have to reset the rookie deal. They've got so much space and so many. Uh, options to play with now i think they're going to move on from fields i'm all you i patrick i agree with you two weeks ago i did not agree with you but mike would tip the scale in my favor the trade was watching the packers game 
I said, you look across the field and you see a quarterback in Jordan Love who's much more effective and efficient than you see out of Justin Fields. Guys, there's just an inability to throw guys open. In the NFL, you have to have the ability to anticipate. There's too much college type of passing with him. Guys have to be open when he throws the ball. And I just don't think he's the right guy. Now, look, if I'm the Atlanta Falcons and if you're not going to go make a move at the quarterback position, why not roll the dice with Justin Fields? You'd still have him on a fifth-year option if you wanted to exercise it, but it has to be done by May. You take a chance with him. With that type of talent, I think you could change your offensive scheme, not overall, but, I mean, what he does with the players you have around him, I think they become dangerous in a very mediocre division. Yeah, I agree with you, Amal. I, 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 look, I think they should move him. Don't get me wrong. I don't think they will. I think they're going to end up keeping him. Beginning. And like, when has Chicago actually done the prudent thing? Let's not forget yeah. this is the organization that gave up a very high second round pick for Chase Claypool just two years ago, right? So like, th- this isn't a t- division, uh, an organization that makes great decisions every time. I, I think that if he ends up in Atlanta or Seattle, which would again be the two teams that I would be calling if I was, uh, if I was in their position calling for Chicago and Justin Fields, he would be very good in both those spots. Um, I, just because I don't like him in Chicago doesn't mean I don't think he can be successful somewhere else, but he's not a Super Bowl winning quarterback. And and when you watch Love play and you see him make plays off schedule, be able to throw receivers open, and then you watch Fields, who makes one read and then runs, it's very clear which one is the better quarterback inside that division. And look, you've got to reset the rookie deal. You've got a young team there in Chicago. You've got to hit the reset button on it and, and get as much as you can for Fields. If you can get two firsts for him, you yeah. got to do it. Well, you're not getting two firsts for him. I don't think you're. No, getting first I don't even pick. know if you get one. Yeah, I think exactly. you'll get a couple of seconds. Yeah. Oh, I. Uh, you'll get more than than uh, than Sam Darnold got, and Sam Darnold was a couple of seconds. Did you just well actually me? I didn't say the words. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, actually, Samich, can you do me a favor? Can you tell your wife I call you well actually, Samich, and just see like what she says? I'd be curious. <laughs> I will ask her for you during the break. (laughs) I think she might get a chuckle out of it because you just know too much stuff. It's annoying. And that's why he's on our network. Okay, when we come back, we're going to run the board. Super wildcard weekend. Samich is here. It's Sharp Money presented by DraftKings. is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. Okay, you deal with the stubborn Samich, you deal with the well actually Samich, but my favorite Samich by far is bitter Samich. And during the break, the bitterness came out. And we all know that he's a hothead. As we welcome you back, I'm Patrick Maher, Amal Shaw. This is Sharp Money presented by DraftKings. Mike Samich, VSIN hosts. Uh, professional sports better. He, uh, again, as Amal said during the break, he's a loose cannon. Um, but he believes, and now we can have a dinner bet. Uh, Amal yeah. and I don't think there's any chance that Justin Fields accrues the Chicago Bears a first round draft pick. Like, no, it's just not happening. And Samich was getting more and more bitter during the break. Would you like to defend yourself? I don't think there's anything I need to defend. I, I some GM in the NFL will be dumb enough to make the call and say, I'll give you a first for Justin Fields. Patrick. You're sitting in there. Like if you, if you're one of these teams that is sitting in purgatory and you're going eight and eight every year and you have no answer at quarterback, but you've got a good team otherwise. And I can think of like four teams that fit that bill. I like, look, you're never getting a chance to draft a guy like this. There is some di- dynamic parts of his game. You could probably design our offense around and be a lot better off looking at you, Atlanta. Like this would be a really good move to pick him up. You're not getting anyone in the quarterback there that you're getting out of free agency. That's going to be better. I, I would rather take a shot with Justin Fields to give up my first rounder to do it. I think you could talk multiple organizations into doing it. I realize, you know, we don't see it go often, but again, Sam Darnold, the Jets, Sam Darnold, Went to Carolina and got a second, a fourth, and a sixth for it. Come on. Someone's given up one first for Justin Fields. Patrick, I don't think it's a fair bet to make a dinner wager. It's like reading tomorrow's newspaper. This is a past posting bet against Mike here. It just wouldn't well, but be did, fair. But did, did you hear that, Amal? He, Dan Hawkins, Samich. He did the <laughs> condescending... It's the Big 12, brother. <laughs> did you hear the tone did, in his voice when he started like lecturing us? It's the Big 12. So- Hawkins Samich is here? I love Hawkins Samich. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I would happily do a dinner bet with you, Patrick, but I never see you. You just avoid me all the time when I'm in your city. So I can't even I can't even do it with you. 
That's true. The dinner bet would have to be in my apartment, and I'd have to let you in. <laughs> yeah. There we go. You like take out um, Chinese or something in Patrick's apartment. Yes. Can we quickly do like a macro look at the six games? And I'll give you because I didn't get to th- get through all my storylines, and I don't know if they're applicable as far as. And I I want you guys to both comment. I'm all already commented here. I I think the big story, Cleveland, Houston, it's the quarterbacks. You're going to be 39 next week for Flacco, 22 for Stroud. But the big difference here, uh, Samich, is this is five games in for Flacco and he's thrown eight picks. Like there's a lot of YOLO balls he's throwing up. Conversely, Stroud doesn't turn the ball over. Five picks, 15 starts. And I didn't realize as I dug deeper into the Texans, plus 10 in turnover margin, whereas the Browns minus nine this year. So like the Texans are protecting the ball. It's a well-coached team. Yeah, Texans protect the ball. They've got the home field advantage. They, they have the better quarterback. I mean, yes, Joe Flacco's stats have been solid, but I, I would take C.J. Stroud over Joe Flacco right now today from a quarterback perspective. So you've got the better quarterback. You've got home field advantage. You've got the better turnover stats. Generally, that means you're leaning toward the, the Houston side of it. I haven't put a bet in on the side in this game. I like the over uh, 44 and a half here and for a lot of the reason that you mentioned there, Patrick. I mean, look, yeah, Flacco's yoloing it. He's throwing the ball up and down the field. If you look at average depth per tar- or average Uh, yards per completion. He's averaging almost eight yards per completion. Deshaun Watson, the next highest of any of the Cleveland quarterbacks was averaging six and a half. So it's not just the interceptions, but it's, he's pushing the ball downfield. They've got at least one 40 yard play in every single game that Joe Flacco has started. So you know that he's going to take his shots and CJ Stroud. Look, he's going to be able to move the football against this Browns defense. They, they, he has been very, very good in these spots that we saw this game be 36 to 22 a couple weeks ago when the Browns went in and took on the Texas. That was with case Keenum. Now you've got Jeff Stroud at quarterback. I think the Texans are live in this game. I have not bet them, but I do think they are live. I like the over quite a bit here, 44 and a half. I think it's going to be an issue. I mentioned it. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, Flacco's go got a chance to set the all-time record for wins on the road, so that's one thing that bodes well for him. But for me, Mike, you look at C.J. Stroud, five picks this year. Three of them came in one game. This guy protects the ball. Yeah, he's tremendous. Yeah, he, look, he, he – he, <laughs> And I was talking about, I'm all disagreed slightly, but I did feel like coming out of college, you know, the pressure was what some of the scouts were worried about with Stroud. And like, he is completely unflappable. I'm watching that indie game last week and I'm like, this guy is completely unaffected. Yeah, I, I was as right as I was with love. I was that wrong with CJ Stroud. I thought that he was going to lead the league in interceptions this year. And a lot of what you saw at Ohio state was him being able to get plays from the sidelines from day and hit a lot of open receivers. A lot with what Justin Fields did. He has just been phenomenal though. He's been able to read coverages. He's been able to get through his reads quickly and, and this done a lot of this without any real offensive line either. They had a bunch of issues early in the season. He still was able to protect the football. I, I've been just utterly impressed with them. And we hear all the time, you know, the, the debutante, right? The debut quarterbacks in the playoffs. Stroud's one of those I actually don't worry that much about. I mean, I he agree. essentially played a playoff game last week. He played against Georgia in the, the college football semifinal. It was phenomenal last year. I don't think the pressure at the moment is too big for C.J. Stroud here. Totally agree. And by the way, that was big guy Samich because you saw what he did there before admitting he was wrong about something. What Dustin does is he (laughs) says something he's right about first. So he'll say, I was right about love, but I was wrong about Stroud. That's a big guy move. Congratulations. You're on fire today. Next. I'm just going to give to say I was wrong about Stroud. I could have just glossed over it. Fair, fair. No, that's another Dustin move. Congratulations. Um, the the themes, and then we'll just circle back. Miami, Kansas City, record cold. Like again, it's forty seven and a half on the opener, down to forty four. I still, I don't think it's. I don't think the total's gone down enough. Pittsburgh, Buffalo, Samich. I said the best player on either team isn't going to be playing. T.J. Watt. I don't know why it's not a big bigger story. Green Bay, Dallas. The home away splits for Dallas. Dallas is by far and away a much different team at home. Los Angeles, Rams, Detroit. The revenge spot, people don't realize unless he lived in Michigan for 12 years when Stafford was there, the amount of flack he took for the organizational failures for decades before he even got there is insane. And then finally, I want to talk about this, boys. I think the biggest storyline, Philadelphia and Tampa Bay, Sirianni coaching for his job. 
AJ Brown just scrubbed his social media of anything that has to do with the Philadelphia Eagles. His two coordinators left and he looks exposed. He's been unhinged at times, Sirianni. And Howie Roseman and the Eagles are a very different organization. After one of the biggest upsets we've seen in the Super Bowl, it, your boy got fired like two years later, Doug Peterson. They're not afraid to make a crazy move. And I bring it up because Amal and Mike, Philadelphia and Tampa Bay. Like on paper, Tampa struggled at Carolina to pick up a win and win the division in week 18. Carolina is an all time bad football team. Like this is a Philadelphia, this is an Eagle team that should absolutely wax the Bucks, Samich. And if they don't, I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility Sirianni loses his job. Uh, if it was anyone but the Eagles, I'd say you're crazy, but you're dead on. I mean, what they did with Doug Peterson just a couple of years after he won a Super Bowl was shocking to me. I, this is an organization that's not scared to move on from somebody if they believe the situation is right. Uh, look, this is a bad Bucks team right now. I mean, they, not only was the Carolina issue, they got waxed the week before by a bad Saints team, too. So this is this is a team that had played really poorly two weeks headed into the playoffs. Now they've got a home game. It feels like Philadelphia should just destroy them. But man, if they don't, and, and it, look, they, I think the Bucks are live in this spot. I have another game I have not bet yet, but I'm leaning toward taking the dog here. It, if this is one of those spots where the Bucks end up winning this and Baker Mayfield is, is running off the field all jubil, jubilated, like, yes, Philadelphia, if you're, you got to at least consider what you're doing with Sirianni there because I am surprised at how much these coordinators affected it. I thought that you losing the coordinators would hurt, but that midway through the season, you'd see them kind of bounce back into form. They've never found it on the offensive side of the football all year. This defense is, is awful. They're bottom. They're 31st in a lot of major categories here in the last eight weeks of the season. Like it just couldn't get it together on either side of the football. Once they lost those coordinators. I think you guys, well, it sounds blasphemous, but do you agree? I know we went to the Super Bowl last year, but the Eagles think differently. I, I disagree with you. However, Patrick, your assertion is correct. I saw Philadelphia inquire. Some of the other places that cover this team are saying there's a possibility. There is talk within the organization. They may move on from Sirianni. Guys, I push back with this. This is a guy who in his three years is 34 and 17, has taken you, lost in the first round against the Buccaneers, went to a Super Bowl. And let's be real here. This is one of the weaker calls we've seen that cost them a title. I still think he will have another opportunity regardless of the outcome. I think there will be certain things in place where, listen, they're going to bring in a new defensive coordinator. It's not going to be Sean Desai. It's not going to be Matt Patricia. I think both of those guys are on their way out. Uh, but for me, I am not ready to push Nick Sirianni out the door. You mentioned the A.J. Brown scrub into social media. I think some of these guys do it every other week. I, I still think the Phillies, I mean the Phillies, the Eagles ride with Nick Sirianni regardless of the result. And one other point you guys brought up, which is correct. The coordinators, Shane Steichen, what a job he's done in Indianapolis. I mean, that team, who would have thought they were knocking on the door for the postseason? And you look at the drop-off you've seen, particularly in the last five, six weeks against quality competition from the Eagles offensively, that is a concern. Yeah. You get what you get with Patricia. Yeah. The stank that comes along with associating with that. I defend. If I was at the airport and had to go grab, uh, go to the restroom, I wouldn't let him watch my luggage. You know what I'm saying? Like that guy, stay away from me, Matt. Patricia. The idea that he's being bantied for other defensive coordinator position, he's legitimately one of the worst football minds the sport has ever seen. That's a lot of frustration from a Lions fan back with Samich and running the board. Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media, but now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Before I found Zigazoo, I believed all social media was inappropriate for kids. But I feel great about my kids being on Zigazoo. Videos are moderated by actual people before being added to the feed. Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about mean comments on your kids' videos. And you need parental consent before joining Zigazoo. Bottom line, it's a space that prioritizes data safety for kids. Oh, but don't take my word for it. Zigazoo is KidSafe COPPA certified. So weigh everything Zigazoo has to offer. Maybe you'll zigzag too. Zigazoo, a social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today. 
What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying Cal's a bust. He can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? My first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, DeMarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be That's my, my game. <laughs> There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex- Craft Month with the perfect pizza at home class from Craftsy. And anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry Radio. Discover more shows and movies for free. This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. Bet $5, get $200. How about the wildcard weekend over at DraftKings? If you use the promo code VEGAS, again, it's that simple. Five bucks, $200 in bonus bets instantly. Using the code VEGAS for new customers. No sweat, same game parlay every day for everybody at DraftKings. The crown is yours. Amal Shaw, I'm Patrick Maher. This is Sharp Money presented by DraftKings. Mike Samich, VEASAN hosts. Professional better joins us here on the show. We're going to run the board. It's... It, just apropos of nothing, we were discussing horse racing. Of course, Mike's a big horse player during the break. And Amal asked you, Mike, you know, do horses and do tracks shut down when it gets super cold? And he said, you know, it's interesting. Some horses actually prefer the cold. It opens up the passages. They can breathe a little bit better. And we like to say horses for courses. I bring that up because weather is certainly going to be an element this weekend. We start here. Do you do you like the elements or are you like me? It's like, dude, I just like good football. What's happening in Kansas City where it's going to be 30 to below with the wind chill and 30 mile an hour gusts. That doesn't entertain me. I know. Call me soft, Mike. Uh, I don't like the cold. I enjoy like the Buffalo game. I'm a little interested in like if they get a foot of snow during that game, I think that's kind of fun. And I used to love playing snow football in the winter up in Chicago. So uh, snow football is one thing. If it's just freezing cold, it really doesn't entertain me anymore. I'd rather have it in a dome, rather get to see these two teams play their best games. Definitely bring some variance in though, because uh, you're going to get a a wider range of results when you get, uh, get these different conditions involved. Fair enough. Okay, boys, 141, Cleveland, Houston, Flacco, Stroud. Now, again, if you have props, you have a lean on the side total, you have an official play, whatever it is, just feel free, call it out. And uh, Mike, we'll start with you. Go to them all and kick back to me. Cleveland's laying two, Mike Samich, and the total is 44 and a half. I, I don't have a side play here. I, I lean toward the Texans, but I'd want the full three if I was going to take it. Uh, total, give me the over 44 and a half. Uh, This is a Browns team that's averaged 53 points a game since Joe Flacco took over the helm. It's a game that was 36-22 just a couple weeks ago with Case Keenum at quarterback. I think both teams have success, and Joe Flacco really pushes the over in this spot. I'll also take Joe Flacco over 268 yards passing. Uh, I I think he's going to go way over that. He had 42 attempts last time these two teams played. I think he's going to get somewhere in that 40-attempt range again. I have projected for 291 passing yards, so give me the over here. I like the uh, Houston Texans in this game, Patrick. I took the two and a half here because the money line at plus 110, I didn't think was enough in terms of plus price to forego those two and a half points. But Texans had a pretty good year this year at home, six and three. Brownies just three and five away from Cleveland. Okay. 
Hear me out. I understand the Browns defense is ridiculous by the numbers, the best pass defense in football this year, but I love the over 44 and a half. I think the second half could get wild here. You mentioned Flacco in the first game, 368 and three touchdowns. Amari Cooper's going to be back 265 and two scores against the Texans on Christmas Eve. We had 58 combined points scored in that game, and that was without Stroud, without Will Anderson, without essentially both edges for the Texans. I, I, I understand the edges are going to help with the pressure. I, I don't think it matters. I, I think these two teams are going to light up the scoreboard. 44 and a half will go over there. It is going to be historically cold in Kansas City. 143 Miami, of course, is at Kansas City. This number right now, DraftKings is showing the Kansas City Chiefs lane five and 44 on the total. Remember, Mike, that total did open 47 and a half. Yeah, I'll take the under 44 at the current number here for for this game. Uh, I, I would lean toward the Chiefs. I don't think the Dolphins are going to respond very well to the cold. This isn't something I'm looking forward to see Tua in, and it could infect the, uh, the timing of the passing game there. It's also a Dolphins team that has really struggled uh, against good teams uh, all season long, really the last two years. And I think that continues here. Uh, but best play here to me is under the 44. I, I think you're end up seeing this game kick off with the total sitting closer to 41-ish, 42 probably. So I think you're getting some closing line value here playing the under. Completely agree with Mike on both sides here. I like the Chiefs. Played them earlier in the week at four. Don't love it at this point in time because the weather. I think we're going to be limited on field goal attempts. But I'm with Mike. I would play this game on up to under 41. Since we've been on air, Patrick, it's gone from 44 to 43. You're starting to see it continuously drop down. If you're going to play the total on the under, take it. If you like the over, just wait till near kickoff. I completely agree. Play the under right now. I'm still showing 44 at DraftKings. If you can get a 44, play that number. I haven't seen a forecast this ominous in a long time. And what I mean by that, it's not just the wind, it's not just the cold, but the forecast continues with each minute, with each hour to get worse. Like they, they're, they're starting to freak out in Kansas City, so it's ominous. Like we don't even know how bad these conditions could be. And Mike said it perfectly. You're not going to close 44. You're not going to close 43 on the total. That's going to keep coming down. Um, it's going to be a lot of snow, Lake Effect, Orchard Park, Buffalo. 145, Pittsburgh is at Buffalo. Uh, DraftKings is showing Buffalo Lane 9 and 33 and a half on the total, Mike. It's going to be interesting where this game closes as well. They're talking about one to two feet of snow in the Buffalo area if they get the Lake Effect snow with winds up to 60 miles per hour at some point during the game as well. So could be absolutely wild conditions here in Buffalo for this one. I took the Steelers plus 10 yesterday. If the plus, plus 10 pops up again, I'd recommend taking the Steelers at that number. At nine and a half, I would pass the game. Uh, again, if I think this is just going to go down. If the weather conditions end up the way that we expect, the, the number 34 isn't going to be available for too long. I do like Najee Harris over 57 and a half rushing yards, though. He's gotten at least 19 carries the last three games, and in these conditions, he is going to be the running back that gets the majority of the carries for the Steelers. The Bills weaknesses on the defensive side is their rush defense. They're 18th in the NFL, fourth against the pass. So I expect Pittsburgh to run the ball quite a bit, especially early in this game. And it's, I think it's going to be Najee Harris for the most part. So I'll take his over 57 and a half rush yards. You know, the numbers come down from 35 to 34, but I'd still play this under. However, one thing I would look at is a potential first half under. And the reason why I say that it's probably going to be 17, 17 and a half. But are we really going to get field goal attempts? You're probably going to take a more conservative approach from an offensive standpoint here. You don't have unnecessary risk unless there's a turnover or two. I don't think we're going to see three touchdowns in the first half. So I would go under potentially in the first half here. I've got a rush prop. It's on the quarterback for the Bills. I love over 39 and a half Josh Allen on the ground. Okay, that's Steelers-Bills. Let's go to the sandwich game on Sunday. Green Bay at Dallas. Dallas is laying seven. Mike, 15 and a half on the total. With the Packers plus seven and a half. If the hook shows Oof. up again, I would take the seven and a half here. I think the Packers have success on the offensive side of the football and are good enough to keep the, the, the Dallas offense somewhat in check here. A again, this is one of those where I think the Packers have an outside shot at upsetting them. I would take a little bit of money line, but I wouldn't go too crazy. I have no interest in backing Mike McCarthy laying over a touchdown in the playoffs against anybody, let alone against an offense that has been as efficient as this Packers has been the last couple of weeks. So I'll take the points with the Packers here. I didn't play this game. Uh, you can make an argument for the Packers, but I have a feeling I'm going to regret looking back and I've been making points for Green Bay this whole week. But I think this is a game, Mike, you're going to look back in a week and say, this is like the Pats-Bills, that Saturday night game where the Bills won by a million. I, I don't know why I think Dallas ends up blowing them out. Now, the 
Aaron Jones is going to be important for the Packers. Yep. Like you have to keep that pass rush honest. So I'll stay away from Mike's boy, Jordan Love, as far as the props, but I will go Dak, 279 and a half pass yards. Like this is going to be a shootout. Dak's going to go over that number. Uh, I, if I were to lay a number, I'd probably lay it with the Cowboys, as we discussed earlier. But I like the passing prop with Dak uh, Rams, Detroit, Detroit's three fifty one and a half on the total, Mike. Give me all the Amon Ross St. Brown props here. This is a, a hey. weak pass rush for the Rams. They're 26 in the NFL in sack rate. Uh, they have the 31st largest a dot. So average depth of target when facing opponents. It just reeks of an Amon Ross St. Brown, St. Brown big game. His prop right now sitting at 88 and a half. I'll take the over there. Give me the plus 120 at 100 yards and give me plus 235 at 120 yards over on DraftKings.com. I lean towards Rams. No official play here. I think it's going to be the best game of the weekend to watch. I'll go with an in-game opportunity. If anybody gets over seven and a half on the end play, how will either defense get a stop? I'm serious. <laughs> like either defense like this at 51 and a half. Yes, please sit back. Enjoy. It's going to be fireworks at Ford Field, a.k.a. the Thunderdome. Philly, Tampa Bay. Philly's laying 343 and a half on the total. Mike. I have not bet this game. Not even a little bit. Not at all. If I did, it would be bucks plus three. I haven't been able to stomach it. We'll see how the weekend goes and then decide whether or not we're getting involved in this Monday night game. I, this is just two messes of a teams. And I, I just I have no idea what we're going to get from either of them on Monday. Patrick, I'm hoping the game is rained out so we don't have to talk about it on Tuesday. It is reckless to think about this game, let alone betting this game. Okay. <laughs> no, I don't want to watch Eagles bucks. No, I don't want to bet it. Yes, I will because I have issues, but right now I don't have a play. All right. <laughs> so that's all. Uh, listen, enjoy the football. Mike, you travel safely out to Vegas this weekend. I'm all Shaw. You enjoy it. Final words. First off, uh, Dustin Sweetelson, we'd like to clown him, but feel better, buddy. And he'll be back on Monday. Uh, Samich, anything on the way out? So again, just quickly for programming, let us know come the postseason after this weekend when the handle is going to be on. Yeah, this weekend will be 7 to 10 normal time. Next weekend and the weekend after, 7 to 10 Eastern on Sunday, noon to 2 Eastern on, or 7 to 10 Eastern on, on Saturday, noon to 2 Eastern on Sunday, right before Musburger's countdown to kickoff. Beautiful. Mike Samich, the handle. Malshaw, have a great weekend. Thank you. You too. Okay, there's Sigma Derby on the way out. Most annoying yeah, game on the planet. I mean, the best game on the planet. Caesar, thank you. Great job, Dakota. Thank you. We'll see you Monday here on Sharp Money. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids like yours, and all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infinity QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. There's plenty to celebrate in March and ex craft month with the perfect pizza at home class from craftsy and anytime is right to listen to iHeartRadio's iHeartCountry radio discover more shows and movies for free <laughs> 